may be seated. Book of Ephesians. Book of Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. Talking about the armor of God. The title of the series has been Warring and Winning, Overcoming Evil in the Last Days. Very short part of this whole armor. We're talking about the helmet of salvation today. And remember what we said that whatever piece of the armor you focus on, there is no part of the armor that is negotiable or is, is, is dispensable. Understand, every piece of the armor of God is there for a reason. Now, I know a lot of people say, well, you know, we don't like talking about spiritual warfare at our church. We want to talk about... All the good things. Well, you can't, listen folks, spiritual warfare for the Christian, spiritual warfare on this earth is unavoidable. All right? So it's going to happen. I, I like what Joyce Meyer said, I heard her say, she says, uh, she says you may not can uh, choose whether a bird flies over your head, but, but you can choose whether or not it builds a nest in your hair. All right? So do you understand if we read the scriptures right, that you and I are not fighting for victory in the invisible realm. We are fighting from victory. That's why he starts out this whole revelation of this armor of saying, after having done everything to stand, it means you're, you're, you've already crossed the gold line. The referee's already raised. How, because if you're in Christ, the word of God says that he's triumphed over the devil through the cross. 1 Corinthians 15, 57 says, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory, the Amplified says, making us conquerors. Do you know who you are? You might need to go to that mirror in the house after church today that makes you look good. You know, the smoky one that gives you that dreamy look. And look at yourself and say, you're more than a conqueror. You're a conqueror because why? That's what he said. You need to say to yourself what he said. Come on. Come on, somebody. You need to say to yourself what he says about you. And by the way, a thought is not a prayer. And just thinking praise is not really praise. You need to open wide your mouth. You need to speak it. The word is nigh thee even in your mouth. Come on, that's all free. That's not even in the notes here. So when we talk about spiritual warfare, understand this. Whether it's demons or angels, to be obsessed with angels or demons can lead to deception. But to deny their existence will lead to heresy. My definition that I, I take off of Pastor Francis Frangipan says this. Spiritual warfare is simply this. It's having the name of Jesus on your lips, but it's consummated with the nature of Jesus in your heart. So today, folks, I'm not going around saying I'm looking for the devil. Is there a spirit of this or a spirit of that? No, I'm going, where's Jesus? I've got my eyes on Jesus. And what I've learned, if I want to get victory and I want to walk in victory and I want to be more than a conqueror, I'm not looking how to outmaneuver the devil. I'm just looking to build the kingdom inside of me, to build up Jesus and let him just expand in every part of me and what it, it, it displaces the darkness. Amen. So I just want to pause and say thank you last week. I, I got so much encouragement from that message last week. It must have struck a chord in somebody. I'm saying, Lord, if I, if I preach that good last Sunday, can you help me replicate it again this Sunday? I hope that I can, but we need that shield of faith, right? But apparently there's something about this helmet 
that needs to be in place. And it says, Ephesians six 17, you've got it there. And take the helmet of salvation. Now what we see, folks, in this word is that the armor that God gives us is not automatic. Because he says, I want you to take that helmet. That means some people can have had it, but take it off. Hear what he's saying. What does a helmet do? Have you thought about that? What are helmets designed for? Aren't they to protect the head? More specifically, now listen, is to protect your mind. The most attacked area in your life is your mind. Why? Because Satan knows the Bible, right? He quoted it to Jesus. I'm going to try to stay up here under the lights. You know, I want to come down there. So you stay up there. Uh, because he knows as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. He says that whatever, whatever things are true and noble and praiseworthy, if you think on these things, he knows that when, when you think on God thoughts, you get a God type of mind. You get the mind of Christ. Satan knows this. Once you get the mind of Christ, you become invincible. Romans 8, 6 says, to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. The word of God is at the end of this message says that you're to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So here's what he, he wants to paralyze your mind. He wants to get things inside of your head that paralyzes the way you think. And he, he knows this. If I can get in your head, I can get in your life. And so God gives us a helmet. And that, that word salvation is the Greek word. Listen to what it actually means. It's soteria. And it means to provide for you a place of refuge a place of safety, a place of deliverance. Listen to me, child of God. Salvation for you and I means that you're not all tangled up with emotions, that you're not ruled by anger and and anxiety and frustration or jealousy or envy. See, if so, you don't have the mind of peace. You don't have the mind that God wants. If there's depression, or, or some of the big ones we sang about in one of the songs, that the, that the enemy tries to get inside of your head with his fear. Oh, I have found that it's one of his most lethal weapons to a Christian. He tries to cripple us with fear. But I want to tell you right, right up in front, God's not given us a spirit of fear. Can I get an amen from the word of God? He's not given us a spirit of fear. But of what? Help me. Of power, of love, and of what? He doesn't want you to be double-minded. He doesn't want your emotions to rule the way you think. Let me, add, let me tell you something. If you allow your emotions to dictate the way you think, you're going to be a miserable person because your, your emotions were never meant be, to be the, the, the driver of how you process and make decisions. If you let your emotions drive you, you're always going to end up frustrated and in bondage. Now listen, you got to understand when he says, I'm going to come, I'm going to give you this helmet of salvation, you need to put it on, it's also to think the right thoughts. See, I've learned about myself, especially y'all know the, 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 the home that I grew up in. I was not raised in a Christian home. Oh, listen, if you're in this place, kids, let me tell you, if a, if a, a, a mama and a daddy that loves the Lord is raising you, I'm going to look y'all in the eye now, and teaching you the things of God. Do you understand how much an advantage you have over kids in this world that they don't bear the scar? I mean, you won't bear the scars. You won't be going through all the junk that they're gonna have to go through and then hit the end of that highway and go, I've made such stupid decisions because of my stinking thinking. You're so far ahead of the game if you have the mind of God. 
But you gotta put the helmet on. It's gotta be a choice that you gotta get up today and put on, it says put on the whole armor of God. Don't leave any piece out and that includes the helmet of salvation. Look at verse 11 there. It says put on the whole armor of God. Now what? That you may be able, which means without it, you won't be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. I need, to, I need to point this out to you. I'm going to go back to the beginning of this series. You don't want to know what the, the original language of the word wiles. Now, some of your translations of that may say schemes or strategies. You want to know what that word is? It's, it's uh, methos odos. It's two words. Odos is translated road. Metos is translated with. You put the compound word together and it means with a road. Now follow this. The wiles of the devil are roadways. Apparently Lucifer, that fallen archangel, the anointed cherub in heaven, saw the meaning of when Jesus said, pray your kingdom come, your will be done on earth earth as it is in heaven. In other words, there was a roadway. Jeremiah 6, 16 says, and ask for the ancient paths. Ask for the eternal paths. Uh, Psalm sixteen eleven says, and you will show me the paths of life. Look at me, child of God. Apparently in the invisible realm, we cannot see there are pathways. And apparently the enemy is trying to replicate something he saw in heaven in the kingdom of darkness. And here's what he's trying to do. His wiles are trying to build a roadway into your mind. He's trying to get his way into your thinking because he knows if he can paralyze your thought, if he can confuse you, if he can cause you to start becoming double-minded, he makes you unstable in all your ways. So what is the place that he's going to attack on you today? It is your mind. But the Bible says you need to put on the whole armor of God. Listen to 2 Corinthians 2.12. You're probably all aware of this verse. For we are not ignorant of his devices, speaking of Satan. Now the context of this verse, if you study it out, he's talking about the realm of unforgiveness. Hey, child of God, do you know you can be a Christian and go into heaven, but if you harbor unforgiveness against somebody, you open up a roadway of the enemy into your life? Do you know, again, back earlier in the book of Ephesians, Ephesians uh, 4.26 says, uh, be ye angry and sin not, neither let the, the, the sun go down upon your wrath. What's the next verse? Say verse 27, and neither give place to the devil. So he's using anger, the context there. You understand if you lose your temper, that you open a roadway, that the schemes of the enemy, and by the way, you say, but I'm a Christian, he can't come. Do you know what happens if you render somewhere a compromise with sin in your life? Because understand, remember the garden? Remember the serpent? He had no access to, to Adam or Eve. It was only when they relinquished authority to him by obeying his suggestion is when he had right to give to take dominion over him satan has no authority or power over you you need to get that in your mind this morning child of god satan has no authority over you except to where you open the door and say because i'm i lost my temper because i've got an issue with anger and i can't control my anger the enemy goes good you just basically put up a four rent sign over your mind for me and you can say, the devil, you've got to get out of here. And says, not until you repent. You've got to relinquish the ground you gave to me. Otherwise, I now have a rightful hold on your mind. I have built a roadway into your thinking. That's why you say, well, isn't that automatic to become a Christian? Apparently it's not. 
Because he's given us an army. He so said, you need to put it on. Do you understand? Don't be ignorant of his device. You know what the word device actually means in the original language? It means the scheming of the mind. That's right, the scheming of the mind, which means this. The enemy loves to play mind games. How many have found that out? He loves to get in your head. He is the author of confusion. He is the father of lies. He is the master of deception. And he tries to put things inside of your thinking that's not like your God. And he tries to get your mind off of him. The Bible says if you set your mind on him, his perfect peace keeps you. Him you will keep in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusts in you. Colossians says, set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and, you've now, and you are now raised up and risen with Christ. You are seated in heavenly places. Do you know who you are today? Do you know what you're capable of? Do you know when he came to you and what he accomplished, what you have the ability to do? The only problem is because we give in to the devices, to the schemes of the enemy. What happens is the enemy gets us on the rope and we start having fear. We start having anxiety or depression. And listen, I'm preaching to myself here. I'm gonna amen myself. Or it may be fiery darts of lust or of spiritual pride or of self-righteousness or of greediness and selfishness and all these things. But if you're not careful, you can be a Christian going to heaven and then the devil have you on the ropes and just be wailing on your head. Boom. Boom. Yeah, we've learned a lot about now about head injury in football. We've learned a lot about concussion and learned that there are different levels. You can have a light concussion, a slight concussion, or you can have blunt force trauma. You can have severe injury to where it can... Do you know one of the ways, by the way, they, they, uh, um, they can tell if a football player has, uh, has gotten a concussion, they look in their eyes. And if their eyes are dilated and their vision is blurred, are you hearing me? they know that they've sustained a serious concussion. The, the enemy is trying to blur your vision of who you are. The enemy is trying to blur your vision of the season and the time God has called you in. And he's trying to do it with blunt force trauma to your brain. The other thing is that they find out is that they ask them questions. You know, if a person has sustained a head injury, you know, at, you know, what's four plus four? You know, they know that they're in serious trouble when they say, what is your name? And the football player looks back at him and says, I'm Batman. It's like, send him to the locker room. He's done. All right. Put on the helmet of salvation, that safe place, that refuge where there are no devices, there's no deception, there's no double-mindedness. You know what I found are some of these things where the enemy tries to get in your head it's things like this. You know that little symptom in your body? You need to be afraid of that. It may be the C word. Come on, am I telling you the truth? It, it, it may be that you, you may be getting about and And if, listen, if you latch onto it, fear will invite into your life what it is you're focused on and you'll expect it because fear has reached out and released it. You've got to reject fear. God's not giving you a spirit of fear. Oh, I'm going to be in poverty. I don't know how, I don't know, I don't have enough saved up. I don't know how I'm going to make it. I don't know how we're going to pay the bills. Fear. Remember the first thing that happened in the garden when they sinned. It said, God, the Lord God came along. He said, where, where are you? He said, I was afraid. And I 
because I, I hid myself. I have fear and I have shame. The enemy wants to torment you with fear. Are you hearing this preacher today? But the word of God says if you're perfected in the love of God, that there is no fear in the perfect love of God. And if you're abiding with a mind set on who he is and who you are in him, fear comes into encroach and says you're going to die. Your marriage is not going to make it. Your children are going to backslide and go to hell. You look at fear and say, you get out of my life because I am in the perfect love of God. I have the mind of Christ. And fear, you can't get in here. You say, you have authority to do that. Did you know that? You, have, you open up your mouth and you say to the mountain of fear, be thou removed. Come on, in Jesus' name, and be thou cast into the sea. And it said, that, that thing will obey you. Flip over to 2 Corinthians. I want to show you this. See how we're doing. Oh, we're not doing, well, y'all are doing all right. I'm not doing very good. 2 Corinthians 4, I need to show you this. Yeah, he comes with fear. You know what fears do, fear does to us? It, it, if we start latching onto it, we start developing unhealthy relationships. We start fearing rejection, abandonment. If you've been wounded by people, you can start becoming resentful and the root of bitterness can find itself growing up in your life. It can absolutely destroy your walk. You will have no peace if you don't understand the helmet of salvation. The enemy is after your thought life. And so God says, I, I, I need you to understand what that helmet is, is for. Look at this. This is 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5. For the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, this NIV. And we take captive, now look at this, every thought and make it obedience to Christ. Do you see there, child of God, that that word does not say we take captive over every devil. I've been sent here to stand in front of you to remind you, you have authority over the devil. The word says, behold, I've given you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. He says, we overcome the accuser by the blood of the lamb, the word of our testimony, and we love not our lives unto the death. We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. If God be, come on somebody, if God be for you, who can be against you? I'm speaking the word over you. No weapon formed against you shall prosper and when the enemy cometh in like a flood the spirit of the Lord raises a standard against him so there's no devil that can come up to you stick his bony finger in your face and begin to make actions you stand back and say hold it you don't know who I am do you my savior my lord took you out as a matter of fact he took you down and I got a little news for you devil I'm going to crush you under my feet because the God of all peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. That's what the word says. So, but understand, we're not to take captive every devil. He's already been taken captive. You are, listen, oh Lord God, help the little preacher. The devil is not your worst enemy today. You are. Now go to that smoked mirror somewhere in the house and say, you better get off my back, Joe or Fred. Or whoever you are, 
Because we can be our own worship. You've already got the victory of the day, but you can throw a cord out by compromise or disobedience and open the door, make a roadway. He comes right in and says, I'm gonna set up house here. Well, you gotta go. Not until you make me. So we're to take captive. Say, that thought does not belong between my ears. You know, come on, somebody. You know, I've I, I, churches for years. Do you know, do you know uh, churches are full of gossip? Amen. Every church I've been, you know, there's problems. Every church I've, and you know, I like the way somebody put it. When, when somebody comes up to you and starts trying to put gossip in your ears, point at them and say, excuse me, what does that look like? And then they say, it looks like ears. I say, oh, okay, thank you, because I thought you, you thought they were garbage cans where you came to put your trash. You don't put your trash up in here. Come on, I'm going to shout you down. Because you've got the mind of Christ. You don't, you don't want the, the enemy putting thoughts into your head. We're to take captive, but look at what it says. It says we have divine power to demolish. You see that? Now, what some of your versions say, um, what's it say? One says hurl, hurl down, cast down. But that's a very strong Greek word. It means to crush to powder. It means to violently throw down. Understand, the weapons we fight with, the, the, the army you've been given, have mighty power to God to throw down whatever the enemy's warring against your life with. You have authority. But understand, you say, well, the, the Lord's just gonna do it. No, sir, he, he gave you the authority. He wants you to exercise in it. He wants you to execute what he has done for you. That's why this armor, there, there are defensive uh, weapons, they're offensive weapons, and there's one neutral. I'll let you go study and see which one of those it is. But it's there for a reason, and it's there because we are going to be in warfare. But look at the words I've underlined there. Strongholds, arguments, and pretensions. Put that up there. I want you to see what Paul was doing. All right? The first thing that he does, he's really... Paul is setting up a fortress... For the mind. That's what a stronghold, it means a, a, a fortress or a prison, you could, you could put it this way. You know how Jesus said the, the, uh, his, his messianic anointing was to come to, to, um, to set the captive free, open up prison doors, to proclaim the year of liberty and freedom. See, as a child of God, he's come to the, to the, to the mind trap. He's come. Do you understand that many of us are prisoners within our own mind? Come on, we're captive not because what the devil is doing, but because we have given him an inroad. We've allowed him to build a kingdom inside of us. Until you get your stinking thinking right, until you get a, a checkup from the neck up, you're gonna realize you're gonna be defeated though you love the Lord, but you'll always be defeated because you've not allowed salvation to go all the way through your thinking. You got to think the way your God thinks. You got to think the way the Word of God is written. Amen. So that word "stronghold" is is the very core. He's building almost like you can see a fortress there, and it has layers. It has walls, and the heart of it is this: it's the very stronghold. You know what you could put in? I wish I'd have brought my pointer, Doctor Rodden. You got your pointer. You got your pointer with you today. Um, if you could put in strongholds. Um, anger. You have a problem with anger? I didn't expect anybody to say amen right there. 
I do. Well, thank you. I saw a couple of give me a little. I'm going to give you a little nod, preacher. I get angry sometimes, and it's not God. I've learned that the anger of men worketh not the righteousness of God. If I'm angry in Bill, it's not God. Now, if I get righteous indignation, well, then now it's good. All right? But I just need to make sure it's sanctified. You can put in their pride, self-righteousness. You can put in their fear. But it's the core. It's the very thing that brings. And then look at the way he constructs it. He says, and casting down. Remember hurling down this power to demolish arguments. Do you know what that word in the Greek, what the word picture of the word arguments is? Now, picture your mind. Now, if I had a little brain with a little squiggly marks all in it, you know. This is your brain. All right? Here's what we do. If we've got a compromise in our life that we're continuing in or has a stronghold that it is a habitual, is a pattern that's in our life that keeps coming back, that's called iniquity. It's the twisting of a sin and making it to be a part of who we are. This inroad that sin has made is that it's a stronghold and it's, it's established there. But what does the next part does? The word arguments is translated little lawyer. Little lawyer. Here's the word picture. The stronghold is there in your mind and the little lawyer is the reasoning voice that comes from within you. It's the voice that speaks to your compromise, to your weakness, your vulnerability and says, oh, well, he drinks because his daddy drank. Or she gets angry because her mama was always angry. Or you know why he's mad. He's got a lot of things that are going to make him mad. And that little lawyer stands over your stronghold and gives the proof of defense of why that belongs there. You see, you're your own worst enemy if you don't learn to cast down vain imaginations and every thought that exalts itself. That's what an argument is. It's a defending what cannot be defended, but somehow it does. The last part of that is pretension. I think you know what that means. How you doing? We do it, all of us. I've been guilty of it. How you doing? Praise God. It's all good. God's good all the time, all the time God's good. Well, that's all true. Well, I'm blessed and highly favored. Well, that's all true. But if you got a stronghold that you're allowing, don't go up and say, well, it's all good. Not when there's hell inside of you. Not when the devil's beating your head in and, and giving you spiritual concussions because you're arguing and defending something that you can't. And the pretension is put a smile on it. Smiley face. It's all good in here. No, it needs to be gotten out of so that you can know true victory. You can know true, true salvation. It's the salvation of your brain, y'all. It's, it's, it's the sanctified way for you to think. God's not given a spirit of fear but of love and the power of a sound mind. So what is sound mind? You know what that is? A sound mind is simply this. It is what you think it is. I love, I love our military folk, by the way, and happy belated Veterans Day. I honor you for your service to your country, and I love you. Thank you that freedom's not free. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Having said that, for you and I as Christians, freedom's not free either. Somebody paid the ultimate sacrifice. Somebody paid the, the greatest price so that you and I could be free. That's why I started, I am free to praise. You see, the devil can't do anything about it. 
I am free to praise you. Why? Because devil, you come at me with fear. I am free to praise you, Lord. I mean, you've been freed up to do that. Do you know what that word sound is? It, we would, one way to put it, what's, what's the motto of the Marines? Simplify, right? Simplify, what does it mean? Always faithful. You know another way to see sound? It means integrity. It means whole. It means not lacking, not fragmented. God does not want you to have a fragmented thought life. He doesn't want you to be captive in your own prison called a stronghold. He doesn't want you to be divided in your thinking or have a double mind. He wants you to have a sound mind. So what does that mean? When, when you feel a symptom in your body and you got lying symptoms coming up to you, you say, devil, you are a liar. I am by the stripes of Jesus. I was, come on, somebody help me out. I was healed. When, the, when, when, when fear tries to come and encroach and pin you into the corner, you look fear right in the face and say, in the name of Jesus, I have not been given the spirit of fear, but I have a sound mind. I think like my God. I have the mind of Christ. Christ. And what happens in our minds, we turn on the light and it dispels the darkness. Now we got here early, the worship team got here early to, to re, uh, uh, rehearse and everything and, and got, didn't they do a good job by the way, real proud of them, way to go y'all, way to go. All right. When I came into the room, I just want to let you know this, I'm coming down off because I'm almost done. When I came into the room, it was dark. It was around 7.30, wasn't it, when we got here? It was dark in here. I want you to know something. I did not, I did not walk into this room and go, get darkness, darkness, get. Darkness, you get out of here. I didn't have to, why? You know what I did? Come on, y'all need to help the little preacher up here. This is real simple, but I'm going to tell you, sometimes the most simple things can be the most profound and life-changing. I just walked over to the light switch, Tony. He's an electrician. That's why I'm looking at him. Jerry, another electrician. You can explain whatever's got, happened in that switch to however it gets up to that light. You can break it down for me, brother, and get me from here to there. All I know is I went in, hit the switch, and guess what? That's what God wants to do with your mind. God wants you to go in with his word and click on the light and it gives you a sound mind. So when the enemy tries to come in like a flood, you have a standard. When there's a weapon that forms against you, it cannot prevail because you have a steel trap. You have a vault. You have the mind of Christ. You know who you are. So when you got something that lies about you, when you got accused about you, when, when there's something that, that goes, oh, I don't know how we're going to make it. I, you know, my marriage, my kids. You know, you say, no, 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 no. I've got the mind. I'm going to say what God's word says. Can I get an amen? So that is what, and this is why the enemy, this is why we need to put on this helmet. It's just because you need to be transformed by the renewing of your what? It didn't say your pancreas. Thank God for pancreas. If it weren't for your pancreas, you wouldn't be sitting up right now. We need it. Thank God for the kidneys, for the liver. Thank God even for the spleen. Thank God for the tonsils. Those are stuff they remove. Thank God for every part. But understand, he's given you a mind. He's given you his mind. 
And the enemy knows this. If he can get in your head and build a roadway through his wiles because you failed to put on the helmet of salvation, he knows he can stop the transformation process that's going on in you right now. You are transformed by the renewing of your mind. So here's what I say, child of God. Look at me. Come on, Frank, help me, help me close it off here. Listen to me, child of God. The Word of God cannot transform you. This is going to, some of this is going to sound real familiar. It's going to, preacher, can you come up with something new? Well, if we'll start doing what he says before, I'll come up with something new. I'm just going to stay here. But if you go to home today and flop your Bible down wherever you do, and you don't pick it up again until next Sunday, you missed everything that was just said to you. In order for you to get the mind of God, you've got to get into the mind of God. Between those pages, He has written His mind. And I'm going to say this to you one more time. Those who get in the Word will have the Word get into them. And those who live in the Word, the Word will live through them. D.L. Moody was said when he would sign his Bibles back in those days, and said, will you come up and sign the Bible? He would always sign it like this. Either this book will keep you from sin or sin will keep you from this book. Signed, D.L. Moody. See, the enemy wants to build an inroad in your life. He wants to hold you captive in your mind with strongholds. But God says, no, not my child. You've been called to freedom. You've been called to liberty. I came to set the captive free. So our job today is I need to get in that word, find out what it says. And by the way, not just head knowledge. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to activate that word, breathe on it. And when it comes alive inside of us, it changes everything about us. Can I get an amen? Come on, let's stand together. Thank you, Lord. Stretch a little bit. Let the blood get down to your toes. You've been sitting for a few minutes now. Thank you, Lord.